This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Bass Thumbs Fishing Podcast, where we are constantly trying to keep our thumbs ripped up. Tonight, we got a awesome episode lined up for you guys and one that we've been trying to do for the last couple of weeks, but this guy just keeps winning things and traveling other places and just keeps doing really well. So we kept pushing it back. Um, we got Mr. Anthony Garcia from GT Outdoors with us tonight. So really excited to go over his kind of three weeks of tear, I guess you could call it. Uh, he went out to Roosevelt and won at Lake Roosevelt in a KBF trail. And then he went out to the California Delta with the ABA Ironman series and won the Delta. And then he drove all the way out to Louisiana and fished Caddo Lake with KBF and ended up taking like top three and multiple of the events there. And I just can't wait to hear about his experience and he's a good friend of mine. So tonight should be a really fun, uh, good episode for you guys. But first we got a couple housekeeping things that I want to go over obviously i know it's been a, like i think three weeks since i've last uh, recorded an episode we've just had a lot going on over here in southern california and when the last episode was supposed to air it was right before the california delta we went to the california delta for the iron man series a couple weeks back and had an absolute blast up there with the aba series uh there was 40 anglers that signed up and i know that like i said anthony won it uh i had a really good time myself um I think I ended up taking 15th, you know, not the finish that I was hoping for, but I'll take it. I, I wasn't able to get any practice in, caught a lot of bed fish, uh, chatterbait fish, and the, the Delta was definitely on fire. There was a lot of people catching them all over the place. Uh, it was, it was a really fun time. My buddy, Brad Bloxel, got to give him a shout out. He got an Airbnb right on the water over at Discovery Bay and had myself, Tim O'Connor, Dominic Doan. Uh, Greg Ellingson just had a, a fun house over there in Discovery Bay. So thanks for that, Brad, for the hospitality and having us out there. That's the funnest part about these Ironman events, uh, you know, especially them being two day events. Um, it, it builds com- com- camaraderie uh, amongst the anglers because we're all camping out for at least one night. Some of us three, some of us two. But uh, I think it's just fun to get together and fish the whole weekend instead of just go fish one day and come home. So the Ironman series has been a blast. We are now two events in and we are about to come up on our third event. And that's the first thing that I have for you guys tonight. So coming up in the next couple of weeks on April 23rd and 24th, we have the American Bass Ironman Kayak Series Hobie presented by Hook Fishing. 
And I cannot wait to head out to San Vicente, you guys. This is going to be a West Coast Championship qualifying event for the Clear Lake Championship up with uh, Yakabass and James Snyder and the crew up there. So the top 20% or 25% will be qualified to fish at Clear Lake in August. Along with, there's also going to be a KBF Trail and Pro Series ran simultaneously with this event. So you guys, the payouts here are just for the Ironman Series, but you guys could see if we hit 50 anglers, if we had 100 anglers, these are the payouts. So I'm, I'm guessing we're going to maybe hit around 60, hopefully 60, 65, 70. It's kind of a goal for us. Um, I mean, we'd love to have 100, but realistically being in SoCal, that's kind of where we're at, I think, especially for these bigger buy-ins because there's going to be an entry fee of around $700 if you get into all, if you get into everything this weekend. Uh, the Ironman is going to be 250. Each trail event is going to be, I believe, 115. And the pro series is 200 but like i put up in a previous graphic there's going to be almost ten thousand dollars uh cashed out for first place especially if someone sweeps the whole thing so ten thousand dollar plus for first place depending on how many anglers we get at san vicente sign me up i think it's going to be a good event i think the fish are going to be spawn pre-spawn post-spawn i think it's going to be all three phases uh, the water temperature is climbing. The weather's getting better. Springtime is definitely here. And I feel like the bass are going to be chewing pretty good. So my predictions for this event, I'm not really sure. I think somewhere around, if you get 85, around 85 to 90 both days, I feel like you got a shot at winning it. I feel like even if you put up 90 and then 80 the second day, I think around 170 is going to take it home. So that's my prediction. And uh, it, it, either way, it's going to be a really fun and good event. So um i went out to dale hollow this past weekend uh flew out me and my wife flew out for the paddle and fin tournament uh out at dale hollow at eastport marina first thing i gotta say is is tennessee did not um you know disappoint us we had an incredible time uh the views driving out to the lake at dale hollow um the open country feel uh the southern hospitality was definitely alive and very active and it was really fun to be out there my wife and i flew and the, everyone at Paddle and Finn, we got to meet them in person for the first time. Brian Schiller and all the crew, you guys absolutely knocked this event out of the park. Uh, Brian, I got to give you a huge shout out for coming and picking up my wife and, and me and my wife and just driving us out all over the place. And then shout out to Chad Hoover for letting me borrow his kayak. And it was just a, a great time. The fishing wasn't as good, honestly, as I thought it was going to be. It was a little bit tough. Uh, you know, my wife was fishing with me the whole time, so it wasn't a super serious event for myself but we had a good time we caught some fish and yes my wife did catch a bigger fish than me uh on the tourney x board she put up a 16 and my biggest was a 15 and a quarter so she got me on that one but it is what it is um, i'm glad she had a good time because now she's kind of hooked to it she wants to do it again and that just means more time on the water for me so that's a good thing um also we went to downtown nashville had some good drinks, listened to some good music, uh, spent a couple of nights down there in Nashville. And again, just absolutely blew all my expectations out of the water. And uh, I definitely want to go back. So Paddle and Finn, Brian, everyone, excellent job. Can't wait to go back next year. And uh, yeah, it was just a really fun event. So thankful for that. Unfortunately, I did get a little sick uh, come Sunday, Monday, and I'm still feeling a little bit tonight. But I really wanted to get this episode out for you guys. Anthony's been doing a lot and I feel like uh, I don't want to go more than three weeks without an episode. So I think that's pretty much it. You guys could sign up for that ABA tournament, get signed up for the KBF trail. Let's support them. Uh, we also have some SoCal events coming up. I think uh, El Cap is next sometime in mid April. Um, I want to say it's in a couple of weeks from now, but you guys can look up SoCal kayak anglers on Instagram. Uh, I know Yakabas has an event coming up at Berryessa here in the next couple of weeks as well. And um, that's pretty much it for as far as I, I know off the top of my head. I didn't do that good a preparation for this, but let's go ahead and highlight Mr. Anthony Garcia. Let's go ahead and bring him in here and uh, can't wait to hear how the tear that he's been on. So what's up, bro? How are you doing, man? What's cracking? Mr. Anthony G team himself. What's up, bro? Hey, first off, I just want to say, dude, as your friend, as uh you know one of your one of your bros i want to say dude congratulations and it's really cool to see 
how you're just kind of taking this time um, and going for it and you're driving all over the place and you're giving it every ounce of effort that you have. And it's really cool to see it paying off for you. Um, I know that you put a lot of hard work into it and you're also a good ambassador for the sport as well. And uh, it's just really cool to see it all pay off. So before we kind of dive into all the details of, of your three week tear, let's call it uh, congratulations, bro. Thanks, dude. Um, so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and kind of start off things with uh, Roosevelt. I know it was a few weeks ago. Um, I know it's not like super fresh on your mind, but let's let's kind of take us back to Roosevelt. I have a picture right here that I'll throw up first uh, for Roosevelt. Let's see if I get the right one right here. Boom. So you uh. The first day, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think you did as well, obviously. But uh, the second day, you took home first place. Let's talk about that weekend, bro. Um, so we got there Thursday night, and uh, we were able to pre-fish all of Friday, which was awesome because uh, the past two tournaments that I did this year, I wasn't able to pre-fish, and I did horrible. I think it was uh, – I don't even remember. It was, I think, a couple of Bass Nations in the beginning of the year or something. did trash. And uh, I kind of knew that without pre-fishing, I mean, you could get lucky, but you're really not going to find winning fish without uh, pre-fishing. So going into Roosevelt, I thought pre-fishing was going to be awesome. I mean, Arizona in March, I was thinking the spawn was going to be firing off. And uh, was it March? I think it was March. And uh, uh, But pre-fishing was horrible, dude. I mean, uh, I caught like 10, 12 inches, mid-lake, water temperature was like, super low 60s like 60 61 and uh it kind of it didn't demoralize me but i was like it's gonna be a tough tournament again i was there in 2019 and it was a i caught three fish and ended up in like 11th place or something so i was like dang it's gonna be one of those again and uh so i didn't even so whatever friday happened pre-fishing sucked changed changed spots on the lake and uh launched further south on saturday and uh kind of found better looking stuff to fish and uh i think i caught my first fish at like 11 o'clock and ended up being a 19 i think which was awesome because that was the biggest fish that i had seen the whole time i was down there and uh um i think three casts later i hooked like a 16 and i'm like oh my god it's gonna it's gonna happen dude like i luckily found the juice and uh didn't catch another fish for like six hours I mean, it was it, it was the struggle bus pretty much the whole day. Uh, ended up catching two, I think like a 12 and a 13 within the last 30 minutes of the tournament and then couldn't get that fifth keeper. And uh, I knew that get, was... What did you get those What did you get those four fish on? Uh, the two in the morning were on the crankbait on the DT6. And uh, it was like the only spot that looked reasonable to crank. I mean, it was just chunk and pebble rock on the bank. And at Roosevelt, the bank is covered in brush and trees. So finding that open area, I was like, this is perfect. And then uh, I have live scope on my kayak. So I was able to see that there was bait there. I, I didn't see any bass. Usually I'm able to see the bass chasing bait. But I saw bait balls in the area. And uh, the first couple casts in there, I was able to stick two good ones. And then after that, I mean, the bait disappeared. The wind completely stopped. It, it, it kind of sucked. I mean, it didn't kind of suck. It sucked. And uh, so I went kind of back towards the ramp and uh, I was draw. I think I was throwing the jerk bait and the drop shot. I ended up sticking two on the drop shot on live scope, just chasing fish down pretty much. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that Saturday, Saturday, Saturday sucked. I was hoping yeah. for that fifth fish because without that fifth fish, you're really, I mean, unless you have like a crazy day on day two, uh, you're kind of out of it for the pro series. And uh, which I was, I mean, if I would have had that fifth fish and then the limit that I had on day two, it would have, it would have been interesting for sure. Okay. And then then we get into Sunday and this is going to be Sunday is going to be the start of the three week tear. (laughs) Yeah, I guess dude. Um, Yeah, I know Sunday. I I don't know. I was thinking about launching mid lake again because I was like, I know I could get five fish up there. At least five, 12 inches is going to be better than four fish missing that one fish for the limit. But uh, I don't know what kept me down there. I, I mean, I knew the weather was going to change a little bit. We were supposed to give it a little colder, but it was just supposed to be windy earlier. And uh, I know for the crank bed, I mean, 
I don't know if it helped it that much, but I definitely saw more fish being pushed on that bank because of that wind. Um, so first things, I mean, I, on Saturday, I started way lower than where I caught my first fish on Saturday. Um, but on Sunday, I went straight to that spot and I mean, it immediately fired off, dude. I was every, it wasn't every cast, but it was like every other cast. I was just hooking up on that DT six. I was landing it, measuring it, then recasting and hooking up again. It was, it was crazy. I probably caught like 25 fish in the first like two hours. Maybe I had my limit by like eight o'clock. It was, it was nuts. And, uh, I mean, I was rotating. It was legit, dude. Like, I mean, I, you saw the video. I mean, if, for the people that are watching this, if you want to watch the video, it's on the GT Outdoors YouTube channel. It was legit like an 80 yard stretch of shoreline that was just loaded with fish. And, uh, I mean, I just kept rotating between that and looking for beds. I couldn't find any beds. I mean, people were saying like, yeah, they're stacked everywhere on beds. And I couldn't, I mean, I, think I'm a pretty good bed fisherman or side fisherman. I think I could see beds pretty well and I couldn't see crap until, uh, I think I, f I was cranking all day. This is, I that was a very, bed. very, that was a very humble statement. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy is an absolute hammer in the spring. Freaking best bed fisherman. I probably know. So no. if, if he can't see him on beds, no one can. Cause don't even say no, bro. Cause the next term we're getting into literally let's just keep going. But, very humble statement by Anthony right there. He's a great bed fisherman. So yeah. keep going. Well, so, yeah, I mean, I was cranking all day, dude. I was just, I would, I was legit just sitting on top of where the fish were and giving them a break and then making another cast like in the middle of the day and then hooking up. And I, I just kept catching 15s and 16s, dude, and they weren't helping me. And uh, I think I caught, I flipped one piece of brush that was kind of in the area that I was in and stuck like a 13 and then, I think uh, the tournament ended at 2.30. So at 1 o'clock, I started looking for beds. I just took off, left the area. I wasn't upgrading. And uh, I went through three coves. And it was like a two-mile stretch. I went into three coves. And on the last cove, I got in there around 2 o'clock, I think, and uh, found one bed fish. It was small. But uh, I was like, well, at least there's beds in here. And then I started breaking through brush and getting shallower and shallower. And uh, then I found some decent bed fish. And one being the one that I caught was a 16 and a quarter, I think, or no, 16 and a half, something. It was over 16. And when I saw it, I was like, that's going to freaking help me. Flipped in there and it took off. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm going to spend the rest of the day on this fish. I'll just wait for it to come back uh, to the bed. So I dropped my PowerPoint. I was just sitting there and I looked down to my left and legit, like I could have grabbed this fish, dude. It was just sitting under a tree. And uh, just sitting on a bed. And I was like, what the heck, dude? There's a bass right here. I dropped my lure in front of it and it bolts. But when it took off, it shook another fish out of another piece of brush. And I ended up sticking that one. It was a 16.75 and a 16.5 is what I ended my day with. And I legit caught them in the last, like, 10 minutes of the of the tournament. The second 16.5, I uh, flipped in there, like, with 15 minutes to spare, set the hook and broke it off. And, uh, like... I don't know. I caught the 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 first bed fish that I had originally seen and then went back to trying to catch that one, caught that one and was able to retrieve my hook out of its mouth, dude. It was freaking crazy. I mean, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And uh, that was definitely my day. Can you share with us a little bit uh, what like bed fish bait you were using at Roosevelt? No. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? No. no? okay no, Fair I'm enough. Just no i'm just kidding uh initially i i didn't really ha like i said i wasn't seeing any beds so i mean usually when it's a bed fishing tournament i'll have an assortment of lures tied on that resemble aggressive uh intimidators for beds i guess like you could say but uh i had a, a craw bait and a quiver worm a, i think it's a seven inch quiver worm on a on a shaky head and that's what i had originally broke the fish on i popped the shaky head in, in his face pretty much. He ate it, set the hook, and it broke off. And uh, the next, after I ended, I ended up catching those last two bedfish on uh, the Berkeley Champ Craw, I think it's called. It's their new, like, super realistic 3D bait. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it helped, but it definitely boosts the confidence when the, the bait looks that similar to actual crawfish. Yeah, yeah. All right. So how much did you end up taking home uh, when you won, when you won that event on Sunday, because you ended up winning it. Obviously, this is what this is for. So he won Sunday. 
Yeah. What'd you end up taking home that day? Uh, I think right at twenty three hundred, maybe a little bit more. All right, so twenty three hundred. Let's keep that in the. Let's keep that in our heads, everyone. Okay, twenty three hundred. So now let's go to. Uh, first off, let's kind of pause for a second, Anthony. Let's tell everyone that's listening what you do for a living, because I'm sure there's some people asking, like, dude, how is this guy spend this much time on the water, with you know, with uh, you know, being a full time worker and everything? So. Why don't you yeah. tell us what you're doing, what you do? Yeah, so I'm a seasonal firefighter on the Angeles National Forest. So right now, basically, I'm not working. I mean, that's kind of the gist of it. But uh, I just got a call today, actually, that my start day is May 8th. So after May 8th, you guys probably aren't going to see me fishing that much. Uh, but I will make it to, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the ABA TLC, but I'll definitely be at the KBFNC. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to wiggle that out of there, but I'm going to definitely make it. Uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm on engine 23 and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So he basically works incredibly hard for like, like most of the year and then he has this time off. So when he gets this time off, he takes the most of it and, and goes out and pursues this dream of him, you know, fishing competitively out of a kayak. And you can see when, when you're able, it's just unfortunate because I feel like if there were some of us in the sport and I'm going to even say just, I'm just going to include myself as well, just because I just feel confident enough to say that. But if we all had the, the right amount of time to really invest in this thing and really go for it with everything that we had, kind of like what you're doing right now, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of it. A lot of, a lot of the credit has to go towards time on the water. You know, that's like the biggest part of it. So if we all were able to have that time on the water, like we should be able to do, I feel like a lot of us would do a lot better in our, you know, tournament performances. And you're kind of seeing that now you're able to not really have anything else to take up your time and you're investing that in the sport and in return, you know, you're seeing the results. So, and that goes for a bunch of people in the sport, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of people that are able to do that. And that's why they, that's pretty much why they do really well. Um, and then there's most of us out there that do it as more of a hobby and just try to squeeze it into our busy schedules and it's it's kind of difficult to to you know have good results when you're trying to squeeze it in you know like like for myself like when i go up to the delta and i leave friday night at midnight and i get there at an hour before lines into the tournament it i'm putting myself i i I enjoy doing it and i want to go but it's also a disadvantage for someone like yourself or or others that are there for the full two days of practice putting in all that time being fully rested and being fully focused so um I just feel like as the sport progresses, there's going to be more opportunities like this and more money to be won to where some of us can maybe go out and kind of go out on a little bit of a risk and pursue this thing full time. So we just got to keep pushing through this time right now. But um, anyways, that's what Anthony does. So he's making the most of it right now. So let's head into the ABA at the Delta. So he just said that, oh, yeah, I'm kind of a whatever bed fisherman. And then he goes out to the California Delta with 40 you know hammers basically everyone that's been signed up for the iron man series has been a pretty respectable you know in the kayak community as far as the names goes we got like john myers we got damien we got greg blanchard we got john demonet we got lepke we got garcia we got all these guys that are signing up for the iron man and it's really cool to see the north central and socal kind of clash together in these in these events and I know there's a lot of people that say like, oh, you only had 40 anglers, but these 40 anglers are freaking hammers. Yeah. And the entry fees are really high in this tournament. They're not, you know, they're not 50 bucks. They're 250 bucks and they're two day events and there's off limits. So as far as entries go, I feel like 40, we've been kind of flirting with 40 the last couple of events. I feel like that's pretty good for a brand new kind of elite series that's kind of hitting the, the California market right now. And uh, Anthony just just won our Delta event that we had, and that's what we're about to get into right now. I have a couple of photos to throw up before we kind of dive into it. So let's uh, let's throw this one up right here. I think this was a pretty pretty good one. You know, he's just he's just an okay like an okay spawn uh, bed fisherman. You know, I mean that's that's what an okay bed fisherman looks like right there. So and uh, let's see another one we got. We got this one right here. I, I made this one, but I mean, he took first place, took home 2,500 bucks. And, uh, the way that we've been doing our award ceremony too, is that 
we wait till Monday at seven o'clock. And I know that Anthony was very, very anxious to find out the results along with Dominic Doan, who took second place. But um, I feel like it's been kind of a cool experience. But anyways, let's kind of, oh, wait, here, let's highlight this really quick too. So this is this was the top 10 for the Ironman series. So you got Anthony on top. Um, he beat out Dominic by three quarters of an inch. And then Lepke was close behind. And then Alden Walden, John D. Monet, Matthew Brannon, Justin Dutcher. Justin Dutcher also won Big Fish, I believe, with like a 23 and a half or something like that. And then Garrett Clark, uh, who's a local to the Delta, did pretty well. Pu Yang, local to the Delta. And Griffith uh, Garbrandt did pretty well as, as well. Um, kind of the interesting thing about this, and I didn't say it on the ABA part, but I'll say it on, on my own show. Um, if you guys look, Anthony, Dominic, Brian, Alden and John, the top five, four of those names, excluding Alden, were SoCal anglers. I think that's a very interesting thing, dude. Like, not uh, not all of us have a lot of experience on the Delta, and I was talking to a couple of guys about it afterwards. And I feel like one of the reasons why the SoCal guys did well, and then same thing like when the NorCal guys came down to Paris, there was like three guys that were from NorCal that did top five. It's interesting to see how this Ironman is going to unfold as we move forward because history is kind of getting put at everyone's forefront as far as everyone's fishing history and the guys that are kind of putting it together in the moment with the off limits um, are doing better, which is kind of kind of crazy. You know, this is a brand new format. So what do you think, Anthony? How do you, That was your first Ironman event. So let's talk about your experience overall and then we'll kind of get into your practice but how did you like how did you how did you like the Ironman series um I thought it was I mean I think that whole blackout period that the Ironman's doing is awesome uh that everybody has the same pre-fishing days it kind of levels the playing field like he was like Shane was saying uh like the dudes that live on the Delta can't really touch the Delta even though you're there you can't do anything and just like us down in SoCal we can't touch it it's right here in our backyard but uh, we don't get that advantage. Um, so, I mean, I think that's awesome. I know, uh, I think uh, some people didn't like it too much, but when you think about it, I mean, you still get two days. I mean, that's eight hours each day on the water, at least to go and scope it out. And I mean, just do your homework. I mean, that doesn't mean you can't go look at it online. You can still do your homework at home. And uh, once you get there, just kind of piece the puzzle together. I mean, but yeah, I know the Ironman series is definitely awesome. And uh, I can't wait for the San Vicente one. Yeah, man, I think uh, I think the blackout is definitely something that I feel like there's across the country, there's a lot of trails, a lot of anglers that are fishing the trails that are hoping that there are some kind of off limits moving forward. Yeah. So it was cool that the ABA kind of gave um, kind of gave us the freedom to kind of design it, how we were kind of looking at it. And I think it's been pretty good. And we're yeah. going to power through this year and make, you know, make some little changes here and there as we move into next year. But um, I think two days is good. We started with one and then we kind of said, uh, one may not be like enough for guys traveling. So, um, we went to two and I think two is pretty good. Um, yeah. so let's go ahead and get into your practice because I know that you had two days, right? You had two days of practice. So let's, uh, you can kind of like, you don't have to go into like super detail about it, but like how, how was your practice overall and you going into the tournament? Cause I know. So why don't you just tell us? <laughs> um yeah, actually wait, wait 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 before you start i call anthony and i'm like hey bro how's it going oh um you know i, I think i have like a hundred already or something i was just like i i think i almost just called my wife in that moment and said hey i'm just canceling the delta trip i don't think i should go <laughs> <laughs> you had an insane practice bro let's hear about it yeah um so this would be my second time fishing the delta in my entire life I fished a Wild West Bass Trail event uh, last year or two years ago and uh, did pretty well. Ended up taking fourth, that being my first time. I didn't, I didn't even pre-fish that. Uh, me and my buddy Alex went up there and we, uh, we, we did it up. I ended up taking fourth. So I kind of went to the same area. I knew what was going to be happening. I knew it was going to be a crazy bite. I knew uh, that you were going to need a giant bag both days to take it. And... Uh, yeah, so I went into my area on Saturday, <laughs> on uh to my pre-fishing area on Saturday, 
and uh, immediately started seeing tons of beds and uh, not really the right beds, but uh, in the front of this slough that I was fishing, just tons of small bugs. And uh, I mean, it was cool. If I was struggling, I was probably going to be able to pick up a limit on a, ton a bunch of 15s. But uh, as I moved back into the slough and the water started getting warmer, I started seeing like 17s, 18s, 19s, no females yet, but just tons of fish. And uh, started throwing the reaction baits and started hooking up immediately. I stuck like, I don't know, like a 20, a 21, and a 19 and a half on back-to-back -back casts. Just three casts in this one pocket. And uh, it was crazy. I knew, I mean, I knew that I had something going. I didn't know it was going to be, I mean, obviously I won. That's freaking awesome. I didn't know it was going to be a winning uh, pattern. But uh, started going, I mean, continuing into it. The sun got higher in the sky. I started punching mats, started sticking giants on mats. Uh, I was actually on the phone with Shane, I think, during pre-fishing on Saturday. And uh, it was the first mat that I punched and stuck a six-pounder. And, uh, I mean, it was crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I ended up leaving at, like, 1 o'clock, I think, on Saturday. Knew that was definitely where I was going to start. I was going to go check another slough on Sunday, but unless it put up, like, 120 inches, uh, that was going to be my starting spot. Uh, so, whatever. Went home, charged my batteries, tied up, and uh, launched Sunday morning bright and early. And uh, first cast in the new spot, I stuck a I, – I, I didn't mean to stick this fish. I was supposed to shake a bunch of fish off, being that it was Friday and the tournament that was the following day. But whatever, I thought it was a small fish. I was throwing another reaction style bait and uh, stuck a six. I mean, I say six, I didn't have a scale and I didn't have my measuring board, but uh, it was a giant. And uh, whatever, ended up shaking like eight more fish off and uh, left by like nine o'clock. I was done. I knew if the first spot didn't pan out, I could relaunch and go to that other spot. And yeah, I mean, that's basically how my pre-fishing went. I fished all day on Saturday and like an hour and a half on Sunday. And uh, yeah, I remember I was on the phone with you and I'm just at work, you know, doing my work thing. And then he's like, oh my gosh, it's a giant Shane. And I'm just like, yeah, sick. I'm just sitting at work. And then he's like, oh my gosh, it's freaking flopping around on the mat. Like a freaking eight pounder is just flopping on the mat and I'm going to go get it. And I'm just like, yeah, sick. Anthony, I'm at work, bro. Just, just, I'm going to hang up now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh man. No, dude, that was, it was sweet. So it was cool to see. It was cool to see that you had a great practice and then a great tournament because sometimes that doesn't really go hand in hand, you know? Yeah. No so, doubt. uh, Let's dive into day one, bro. Take the floor on day one. Let's let's hear how your day one went. All right. Uh, so day one we launched, and uh, I honestly thought I was gonna be fishing that back of the the slough alone, but uh, I ended up meeting up with Alden, and uh, <laughs> it was crazy because he started off kind of in the same area that I was gonna start off, but we talked about it and then started doing our own thing, and we were able to get fishing done. And uh, it was, I think it was super low tide and like, it was like mad low back there. And I wasn't able to throw any of my right lures that I wanted to be throwing and uh, ended up leaving, going to catch. I went actually to where I was marking all those small bed fish and started sticking those small bed fish. I think, I I don't think I caught them. I probably caught like three or four of those small bed fish. And then the tide started coming in. So I went back to that, that area and I uh, started throwing the reaction, uh, baits again and started hooking up ended up uh i ended up putting up a limit uh nothing like the day or the two days prior uh i think they were there they just weren't eating i don't know what was going on and uh towards the middle of the day the fish started getting a little bigger and uh i i went by this patch of toolies or this toolie clump there was only like three toolie clumps in the slough and i went by one of them and i knew it had fish on it because i had shook a fish off there uh during practice and the first cast in there, I stuck one. And uh, I don't know what I was thinking. It was like a 20, 21. And I tried boat flipping it. And uh, when I tried boat flipping it, it was way too heavy. It bounced off my fish finder and went back in the water. Uh, so that being the first fish of day one, it kind of it kind of hit, <laughs> hit home for sure. It sucked. But uh, whatever, regrouped, uh, checked my hook. It was sharp as hell. But did another cast and then stuck a 19 and a half. I think it was 19 and a half. Or 1975, I'm gonna, whatever. I'm going to stop you for a second. I'm going to stop you for a second. 
This guy catches so many 20s that he tries to boat flip a 20 during a huge tournament at the Delta. It, you will never see me boat flip a 20. My net will be in my hand every time. But yeah. Anthony catches so many 20s. He's like, oh, yeah, another 20. I'm going to try well, to no, boat dude, flip During it. practice, I didn't have a net. I lost my net. I don't know what the last tournament that I fished. Uh, oh, at Roosevelt. It got so windy on day two uh, that I, I lost my net and it sunk to the bottom of the lake. So I'd I didn't be, have a net. I'd be stealing nets. I would be nah. doing something to get a net. I would, I would do, I need a net. I well, fish no, with so a net. For practice, I didn't have a net. So I was just boat flipping that 20, that 21, and that 19. I just boat flipped on 12 pound test. And uh, so I kind of got the confidence oh to high on boat flipping. And that's why I had a net actually. But I didn't like it, dude. It was like as short as my arm. I, I hate short nets. I like longer nets. Um, but uh, so yeah, I tried boat flipping that first fish on Saturday. Didn't boat flip a, a fish again. I actually no, I'm lying. On day two, I did boat flip like a four pounder, but whatever. On day one, I didn't <laughs> boat flip. I didn't boat flip any more fish. Uh, the next cast oh after that, gosh. the one I lost, I ended up netting a 19 and a quarter or whatever. And uh, yeah, you guys I was imagine cool. being. Could you guys imagine being at at this at this level in life where you're boat flipping four pounders in a tournament? Like it's no big deal. Just like twelve pound test by the way. Too. The boat, dude. Just twelve pound test by the way too. Just grabbing twelve pound test. What 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 pound test do you use, bro? I need to know this line. Uh, Berkeley Vanish Transition. So Berkeley, if you're looking for another dude to run your line, hit me up. So if you guys want to boat flip. 20 inches. Make sure you guys have Berkeley Vanish on your reels and you guys will be fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. So after after your uh keep going, bro. Sorry I kind of distracted you a little bit. No, but it's all good. Keep it going. I mean, that's basically basically I I had giant bedfish in that slough, but it was too windy at the end of the day when I was trying to catch them and I ended up finishing with like a bunch of 17s and a 19, I think. I think. I, I might have had a 16, but uh it, I mean, you, were, you that, ended up, you ended up day one and like, cause I think 10. that was, yeah, I, I held on to 10th. Yeah. Surprisingly I had 89 and a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I, I, I was mind blowing dude. Cause I was like, I mean, you knew my practice. I was expecting like a hundred, a hundred between a yeah. hundred and like a hundred and two dude. Like I thought and it was speaking of a hundred and two Don Rucci or Rochi. Yeah. Um, Day one was in the lead with a hundred and two and a half, I believe. So, and when I saw that, I was like, all right, well, yeah, we're at the Delta. So it is what it is. You know, tomorrow one of us could catch that same bag. And I know that you ended up like, we all know now that you ended up winning this event and you were sitting in 10th place with 89 inches. So talk about going into day two like what was what was your mentality like did you believe that you could still win like did you did you think you could still win or did you think like man this guy's 102 all he needs is 80 inches no I, I mean i knew that it was possible that he could duplicate it and put 200 inches up uh not likely but definitely very possible at the delta there's giants i mean you could stick five seven pounders and be there again um, yeah with the luckily i had an amazing practice so even though i had a, I mean i was 10th place so you can't complain yeah but uh i knew that my day two i needed to get as close to 100 inches as possible i wanted to break that 100 inch mark i mean i was one inch short but i'll take it i mean like i said i won so i can't complain okay, wait, wait wait you're going too far ahead okay so day two you go yeah. into day two and i remember getting a text from you like hey bro like can we uh can we relaunch somewhere? I'm like, yeah. yes, you can relaunch somewhere. So I knew that you, and I didn't see you cause we both launched at the same Marina. Yeah. Um, I won't say the Marina. Don't worry. Don't worry. I won't say the Marina. Okay. <laughs> we launched at the same, <laughs> we launched at the same Marina day yeah. one. And then day two, I'm like, Oh, he's not here. Uh, he must be going somewhere else. And you did. So talk about it, bro. Talk about your day two. 99 yes. inches right yeah 99 let's hear so, it so day two i went to that that friday spot my pre-fishing day two where i left at nine o'clock 
Uh, I knew I had Giants. I didn't know I had 99 inches. I thought I would. So my plan going into day two, I was going to launch there, try my bite because I had a specific bite in that area in the morning and then leave because our, our incoming tide was going to be at like 930. No, I'm lying. 10 o'clock. Yeah. So in my travel time from driving from that marina to the next, the tide should have switched and started coming in and my reaction bite at that other spot should have turned on. Uh, well, that didn't end up happening. Uh, I put up a limit like, I don't know, within the first hour, I think. I don't even know. It took me a little while to put up a limit, but I had an 18 and a half and like a bunch of 12s. So, I mean, that's kind of what I was hoping for to get at least like one good fish out of that area. And uh, hey, wait, for, from day one to, to day two, like, what do you, what are you mainly throwing? Like, a, was it a weightless Senko? Like, what, what was your, what was your deal for day one? For day like one? mix. Yeah. A chatterbait. All day one was all chatterbait. Yeah. And then day two, you still throwing a chatterbait in the morning? No, in the morning I was throwing a floating worm uh, under undercover pretty much. Any cover that I could find laying on top of the water, I was pulling fish off of them like nothing, like nobody's business. Like a float, like a Cinco or like? No, the it's a, the Zoom trick worm. Okay. Weightless. So okay. and then just working it like a topwater. So that's what you're throwing day two for right now, but I don't think you're throwing that the whole time though. No. Okay. Okay. No, so that's now what you, I originally. That's what I originally got my limit on. I think I was able to stick one bedfish in the morning. Uh, but after that low light went away, that that topwater deal, that floating worm didn't work anymore. Yeah. Uh, then kind of worked back into, I guess you could say it's an inlet coming into that slough. Uh-huh. And uh, there was the 21, that picture, that shame put up, uh, that giant sitting on a bed with a male. Uh, so I ended up sticking the, I, I worked that fish for legit. Like, I don't even know, like two hours, dude. Let's rewind to about 10 minutes ago when he said, Oh yeah, I'm like, I'm <laughs> a good bed fisherman. <laughs> yeah. So I worked that fish for like two hours. And uh, at first I didn't think it was going to go dude. the female was mad skittish. And at first the male, wait, was wait, like, don't, 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 don't come on the show and over exaggerate. You said two hours. Yeah. Two hours. Yeah. Don't you, you're serious. I swear on everything. I probably worked it from like nine 30 to like 11, 11 Just freaking, you know, Alex told me this about you today, actually. Yeah. He goes, the one thing about Anthony is that he will sit on a bed longer <laughs> than anyone else I've ever seen. Yeah. And you sat on this bed fish for two hours. Yeah. All right. Yeah, wow. dude. So, I mean, I mean, at first I was fishing it facing like kind of like north to south. I was on the on the on the north side of it facing in. The sun was at my back and it wasn't working. And uh, so I rearranged myself and got behind them. And uh, then they kind of started moving on the bed. They were getting a little more comfortable and finally got the male. Actually, I thought it was a female at first. Set the hook. That's that four pounder that I posted on my Instagram of me flipping. <laughs> it kind of hitting me right yeah. in the crotch. Uh, yeah. But that one ended up being, I think, like right at 18, maybe 18 and a half. I don't know if it was an 18 and a half or not, but I know it was a it was a freaking fat fish. And uh, whatever, measured it, released it. And uh, three casts later, I stuck that female, dude. And after I stuck that female, I was like, aside, I mean, I was legit fishing it for a long time, dude. So I knew I was either going to waste a bunch of time and not be rewarded or be rewarded with 20 inches of bass. And Luckily, yeah. I stuck that 18 and that 20 within those two hours. So it wasn't wow. that bad of a deal. And uh, that was pretty much it. Because I, because of me wasting that much time, I knew I wasn't going to be able to go to the second spot. Yeah, uh, It was just too late in the day by that time. So whatever, stuck those fish. And I was feeling good. I had two 18s and a 21. So I was already sitting pretty happy. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to win the tournament at the time. Uh, so I started working my way out of the slough and, uh, seeing little bed fish and really nothing to do. I mean, that would have yeah. helped. I think my smallest fish was like 15 and I was seeing a bunch of 12s and 13s on beds. Yeah. And then uh, the sun set itself up perfectly to cast shade right in front of the toolies that were in that slough. And there was a ton of toolies way, way different from the other spot. And, uh, I was just going and picking any little point of toolies that came out on the like so it's a line the line of toolies and then every now and then there's a little point with the or point of toolies and every flip that i would throw i switched to a senko started throwing a senko on 12 pound test weightless wacky rig 
and uh every tule point had a freaking fish on it and uh ended up sticking like 10 fish i caught my first flip i caught like a 17 measured it perfect uh next flip legit next cast stuck a 20 and i'm like holy crap this could happen because i now i have a 21 and a 20 in the bag yeah and uh continue down the bank i ended up sticking like another 17 or something like that and uh after that i think between that 17 and almost like two hours left in the tournament i was just catching dinks dinks after dink and uh we kind of got to where the slough that i was in splits to the main old river whatever i guess it would be called and uh Uh there's a fork we i went on the right side of the fork where it was kind of calmer because it was starting to get pretty windy and uh, I stood up because I was fishing, sitting down, just throwing the Senko, just moving, dude, uh, as fast as I can while letting a weightless Senko sink. Um, but uh, so, yeah, and uh, continued going. Finally, I don't know what made me stand up, but I stood up, dude, and there was like a 10-pounder sitting on a bed. And I'm like, holy crap, if I catch this thing, like, I got it in the bank, dude. Because this thing was, like, 25 inches long. It was the biggest bass I've ever seen in my life. Sitting right, like, I could see it sitting on a bed. And uh, flipped in there, and it bolted, dude. And I was like, well, I'm not spending another two hours on this because that's just going to be the rest of the tournament. So I kept fishing. And uh, legit, I think my next cast after seeing that 10-pounder, I stuck another 21, dude. And uh, I, I've never horsed a fish so bad out of Thule's with the spinning rod. I mean, I set the hook, she jumped and uh, dove right into Tuli's. And I mean, I just cranked her out of there, dude. I'm surprised though. Either the line didn't break or I didn't straighten out the hook. Uh, again, no net, definitely no net that day. Uh, I had to grab all those fish by hand on day two because I broke my net in half because I didn't like it. <laughs> so whatever, <laughs> grab that fish. And after I grabbed that fish, dude, I was like, this, this might've just happened, dude. Like I have a 20, two 18s and, a, and no, I have, yeah, two 18s, a 20 and a two 21s. No, 118. What am I saying? So whatever. Yeah, 118. Yeah. Over 60 inches with three fish, dude. So I was like, this might've just happened. I didn't, I mean, again, it, until we're on that live on Monday night, I didn't know. Yeah. But the confidence was really high. And I ended up almost screwing up. We had until, excuse me, uh, like 3.30, I think, right, to submit fish. Or was it 4.30? We had until uh, 3.30. Oh, we had until yeah. 4.30. Yeah. Yeah. So I submitted all my fish, or what I thought were all my fish. And uh, that four-pounder that I caught with the female earlier in the day, I, at the time, I, my smallest fish was like 16. And uh, I was looking through my photos and I was like, holy crap, I didn't upload my 18. And uh, that, I mean, that probably would have, that would have definitely changed the leaderboard, dude. Did you guys imagine being at a level in your life, in your tournament life? And you're like, oh my gosh, I've totally forgot about my 18 incher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So whatever, I submitted that fish with like five minutes to scratch and, uh, yeah, I mean, then it was just a waiting game, dude. I mean, I had an amazing day. That was probably, like, I think my best day. 99 inches mm-hmm. in the live tournament. Boom. 188.25. Yeah. Yep. Anthony Garcia. It was cool, man. It was it was cool being a part of the award ceremony and knowing that you won already. And it was killing me not to tell you, but, like I said, yeah. the experience was the experience was worth it. I think. I think it, yeah. looking back on it now, it's it was a fun fun time. So, congratulations on that. Like you guys see, like this is why I said a three week tear because this was one. This was one week after Roosevelt, literally. So yeah. Sunday he won twenty three hundred. The this weekend, like the next weekend coming up, was the ABA Delta, and then he wins twenty five hundred. Right? You won twenty five hundred bucks. So now we're at uh 4800 bucks right now okay yeah and then tuesday night i think tuesday night after the award ceremony anthony garcia heads out to louisiana for the kbf trail at caddo yeah let me ask you this let me ask you this i'm gonna say like this why like what? Like you just you're just like you just want to go, right? Like you're just you're just ready to go because like Cato's like not really just a trip that you just make, but like did, is that your first time fishing Cato? Yeah. 
So you were, you were just like, I'm just gonna go fish cattle this weekend. Yeah, I mean, right? Is that pretty much like, it? Or did... I mean, I it was already in the in the plans that was gonna be yeah. my last like far trip for the year until the NC. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. but the goal is to make it be the first dude from California to make it into the ten house, and uh, that's I mean, I gotta I gotta hit these trail events to uh, make so, it happen. Right now in AOI in the Pro Series. I believe you're first. Yeah. Okay. First in the pro series. And then overall, where are you at right now in the trail? Like in the overall AOI? Where are you uh, at? I think I'm I'm third. Third. Yeah. Okay. And the reason why is because Anthony decided to go out to Cato and do this. Wait, this. Okay. He did this. You guys could see that, right? He took second place in the trail out of like 88 or 90 guys. Sticks, <laughs> by the way. Absolute hammers in kayak fishing. And then he does this third place in the pro series. And then he's catching fish like this. Like, I don't even know what that is. It's like a freaking whale. And uh, again, right into Anthony's wheelhouse, Cato was spotting fish. And like we heard in the beginning, Anthony's not a very good uh, spawn bedfish bed fisherman. He actually is horrible at it. Um, he has no clue what he's doing when it comes to bed fishing at all. Zero clue. No clue how to catch him. And uh, this just this just fell into his lap. He he had no clue what he was doing when he caught this fish. So, <laughs> okay, Anthony. So you go out to Cattle Lake, bro, and you absolutely sack him. So. Let's walk through it again really quick. We're almost at the fifth. We're at the fifty-minute mark. I ch- I try to keep it under an hour. So, Cato, let's just let's just run through Cato right now. So, let's hear about Cato, bro. Let's talk about so, it. So, uh, me and my my dad had fished it before. I I can't take like the full credit for scouting out areas. I mean, I'm gonna leave he, this here for a second. <laughs> he uh he he told me he me me and him fished together. I think the whole tournament. We split off day one and day two, but eventually met up at certain spots because, I mean, we were pre-fishing together and found the same stuff. So during pre-fish, me and him legit had on, I think we only had one day. No, we had two days of pre-fishing. And on the first day, it was cloudy. I mean, stormy as all hell. And uh, we were sticking them. I mean, we we legit, just like the Delta when I was up there, me and him this time were just sacking them up. And we kind of stopped fishing after a while because I think if we were to keep fishing, we would have broken a hundred easy. So we kind of knew where we were going to start fishing on tournament day. Uh, Day two of practice did the same thing, except we went to go look for beds because this place had tons of beds everywhere. And uh, so we waypointed tons of beds. And uh, yeah, that was, I mean, we had a great pre-fish. We had, I think I caught like, I don't know, a six and a seven, and he caught a four and a five. Uh, so it was awesome. So going into day one, uh, it was it was like 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 a light switch. I mean, it just we st- I started catching him. My dad had he had he he was struggling, but I started just catching him, dude. Uh, basically, all I was doing is just I had my motor on three, which was going like one point two miles per hour or something, so super fast, and I was just lobbing Senkos at trees and then hooking up and then stopping my motor measuring and continuing down the bank not even the bank they there's like cypress trees in the middle of the lake at Cato, but uh that was basically it i was just sanko fishing early in the morning and then once the sun got high in the sky uh i would go to my beds and try to catch those bed fish and on day one i think all but one fish i so i caught four good fish on bed and then i caught one good fish on the sanko and uh that's pretty much it i i kind of i kind of messed up on day one i mean not not really i got third place in the pro series and second place on day one can't complain but uh i left fish i had a 16 sitting in my my limit on day one and uh i could have called it up and i didn't because i had like four good bed fish that being one that i would have called up on day one for the following day I mean, knowing now if I would have called up, I mean, (laughs) based off of that quarter inch that I lost by, I mean, I probably would have took it. But 
can't, like I said, I can't complain. So go, ended up taking second uh, with big fish. I caught a 23-incher on a bed, and uh, it was right at 8.99-something pounds. So, I mean, I was calling he it. Said on, he said on a bed, too, by the way, just so you guys know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, had an amazing day one. Uh, found better fish for day two. Uh, so going into day two, did the same thing. Started throwing the Senko early in the morning. And uh, it was kind of slower day two than rather to day one. I'm guessing because I had pounded the fish on day one. So I ended up sticking like two 12s or a 12 and a 13 early in the morning. And uh, kind of slowed down because I knew that I felt like the fish weren't biting like they were the day prior. So I was kind of leaving that Senko soaking in there a little longer than usual. And uh, hooked a giant. 45 minutes into the tournament and uh, ended up popping off right at the boat, which was super demoralizing having only two fish uh, for the morning. And uh, so whatever, continuing down the bank, I stuck like another 15. So I have three fish right now. And uh, just going from Cypress tree to Cypress tree. And it was kind of easy to see which ones that are going to have fish. Usually the Cypress trees that either like make a hole in the middle that has water in the middle, that's usually going to have a bed or just bigger clumps of cypress trees isolated from the main cypress tree patches or whatever you want to call them. Uh, you were able to call that we're going to have beds on them. Uh, so whatever I went, I actually stood up on this flip, flipped in there. And uh, as my Senko's falling, I see like a 1920 come out and slurp it up, dude. Set the hook on it and I'm reeling it sideways and it's jumping the whole time. I, I mean, just like a common bass does it where it's like doing that dolphin freaking kick and i'm pulling it sideways and my freaking sanko flies out so that's my second big fish of the day um still don't have a limit almost cracked my rod in half when i make the video i'm pretty sure you're gonna see me slap my rod on my the deck of my kayak uh but uh so whatever continue up i ended up finding a giant bedfish i didn't know it was giant at the time i thought it was like a 20 i mean i know a 20 is giant but for the tournament there was like 10 pounders sitting on beds that just weren't going. And uh, so whatever, I see this fish, I work it for a legit like 45 minutes. At the time I'm thinking it's like a 1920, but it's so deceiving in those cypress trees because those cypress trees are the deeper ones sitting like three feet of water. And when that water's clear, it kind of looks shallower than it is. Uh, so that ended up being like, a, I mean, I have video of that one too. You guys will see it when I post the video, but it ended up being like a 23, 24 monster, way bigger than the fish that I'd caught the day prior. Uh, but whatever, I got it to go, set the hook, fought it for like 10 seconds. And uh, I picked picked up my rod, high stick my rod, put my net in the water. And uh, it got, it actually came in the net sideways or laying flat. Did one head shake, my hook flew out and it jumped. I didn't jump out of the net. I don't know what happened, but it was in the net and it came out of the net. And uh, still no limit. Uh, but uh, yeah, continued fishing hard ended up filling my limit with senko fish on cypress trees and uh, as the sun got super high in the sky i went to the bed fish that i had found on day one day one afternoon and uh, ended up sticking like a good 17 or i think i stuck like a 17 and a half a 17 and three quarters and a 19 and a half which and that's how i ended my day uh ended up with i honestly don't even know what i ended up on day two i know i didn't break 90 at least i don't think i did but uh it was good enough to Go with my 96 inch limit on day one to get that third place finish for the pro series which is awesome because it's amazing angler the year points and i think that's how i'm sitting first for a aoi with the pro series sick <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can't believe i mean i can but do you remember what i texted you like a couple days or the day before the the cattle trip no. You don't remember the quote I texted you? The no. Sandlot quote? You don't remember? No. Okay. Let us hear it. No, I said, uh, <laughs> I said, uh, heroes, I said, I, I think I said, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, Anthony, if you win Caddo, you will be a legend. And yeah. you were a quarter inch short of that, but it, in my book still like you are just a kid from socal just pursuing this thing and like 
I don't know. It's, it's really awesome to see you go out and just like take what you've learned around here as far as how tough fishing can be and apply it over there and go out there and, and, and just represent dude. I mean, if the, I saw Chad when he wrote that little blog the other day that West coast is like showing out this year, I feel like, you know, he's talking about you and a couple other people, but I mean, you're definitely going for it. And, uh, I know that at San Vicente, if you, if you do well at San Vicente too, man, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to not, I mean, you're already pretty much solidified in the 10 house. I, I feel like unless you don't do that well at the NC, but I feel like you're going to be there and it's going to be really cool to watch. So we'll see how it all pans out, but congratulations, dude. I mean, heck of a run. So how much did you end up taking home at Caddo? Um, I ended up taking big big bass for the weekend, so that was a five hundred, and then a twenty seven hundred for my combined second and third place in the pro series and the trail one. So let's see, thirty two plus forty eight is, geez, like eight eight grand. Is that right? Somewhere in there. So eight grand in three weeks. Could you just call your uh, fire department back and say, Hey, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, actually, wait, actually, you know what? You go ahead and go. I'll, I'll hold the fort down from May till October. Okay. And then, uh, we'll see you back in October. Does that sound good? You can go ahead and go now. Okay. I don't, we don't need you anymore. After San Vicente, you could, you could head out. Okay. I'll, I'll still be fishing the monthlies though. I guess, yeah, I guess. That's a, oh yeah, wait, 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 wait one second. And he won the month long in California. Yeah. By a landslide, like four or five inches. You had like 108 inches or something like that, right? Yeah. And you didn't even really try that hard. Like honestly, like you went out to blank place and <laughs> threw up a pretty good limit. <laughs> and then the delta definitely helped. You had like 108 inches. How much did you win for that? 500 bucks, 400 bucks, 300 bucks. I don't Something even like know. They, I honestly don't know. I'm guessing it'll probably be like five hundred. So Anthony almost almost cashed ten thousand dollars last month in kayak fishing, like insane. That's why we're gonna call this this episode the three week tear by Team Outdoors. And if you guys <laughs> if you guys want to watch all this live, he he has a YouTube channel. Um, he's kind of like myself with the YouTube stuff though. Like if if the day is just going like. I feel like you and I are kind of the same. Like we don't like dedicate like to fully recording every single thing. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we get it. Sometimes we don't, but um, I feel like you get the best shots that you can. And if you guys want to go check them out right now, Anthony, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. So why don't you just tell everyone where they can follow you at and then thank your sponsors that you got. And then next up on your list is San Vicente. We already know that. So go ahead and let's just close it out. Yeah, so you guys could find me on Instagram on gteam underscore outdoors or uh, on YouTube, gteam outdoors, just cops, gteam outdoors. Uh, Sponsors, I mean, giant shout out to Old Town this year for supporting me. Uh, IROD, Tackle Shack USA, uh, Sims Gear, and uh, what am I missing? Boondocks. And yeah, I think that's it. And my family, dude. Can't do it without the family for sure. And my friends, Shane and Alex have fucked. Shane and Alex have definitely been helping out a lot. <laughs> they're, uh, those phone calls always help when they're uh, calling me when I'm out of state. Yeah, buddy. That's what it's all about, man. Well, hey, congratulations. Uh, probably going to have you on at Sam V. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the way things are going. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, anyways, man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. And... Make sure you guys go follow Anthony and get all get all of his uh, YouTube and, and Instagram all, all dialed in. So congratulations, man. Keep your thumbs ripped, and I'll see you on the next one, buddy. Later, bro. All right, guys. Well, that does it for tonight's episode, The Three-Week Tear by Anthony Garcia and G-Team Outdoors. Dude is on a heater. Uh, I guess when you're on a heater, you just might as well just get in everything you can because you'll end up winning $10,000 if you do that um anyways guys that does it for tonight's episode i got a little outro clip to show you guys uh and we'll see you guys next week so long everybody
Where's this outro clip? Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina. The beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.